podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, soon to be 14, then 12, then who the hell knows, because no one knows what's going to happen or when it's going to happen, because that's just life in the Big 12 these days. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for our softball season preview. I wish I had like special intro music or sound effect or something, because it is our full-blown softball preview. That's all we're talking today is Big 12 softball, because the season starts Literally today, folks, like this episode goes up on Thursday. The first two Big 12 games are today featuring Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and then the rest of the conference and everybody gets rolling strong on Friday and we have one heck of a weekend lineup to talk about and this show is absolutely loaded. Kansas head coach Jennifer McFalls joining us today. We're going to talk about Kansas, talk about the upcoming season for them. I'm so excited. I'm just, I'm talking over myself. My Mouth's moving faster than my brain can keep up, or vice versa. I don't even know. Uh, Chris Plank, who covers the Sooners and absolutely knows this conference, honestly better than just about anybody, is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Big 12, specifically the future of the Big 12, the state of the Big 12, focusing on softball. But before we get to them, uh, I, I put a call out on Twitter, and I had everybody in the network share it because I've had a hard time finding people to come on to talk about softball. Not because People don't care. It, it, this is one of the fastest growing college sports there is, period. For good reason. Softball is awesome, and it's fun, and it's exciting. And the Women's College World Series gets bigger and bigger and bigger in every year, and for good reason. But there's just not enough dedicated coverage of the Big 12 conference in softball. So we put a call out, and we got a response back. So I'm very excited uh, to have joining us today to kind of talk about this weekend and just I guess just kind of ad-lib about the Big 12 and the season ahead. Melina Sanchez. Melina, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me today. Uh, Melina is a former softball player at the uh, the D2 level and a uh, a huge Texas Longhorn fan. Um, so you can hang out with us until Texas leaves. That's that's fine with me. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, Melina, so uh, just so everybody kind of has an idea, tell us a little bit about your background in softball and, and, and how you became a, a fan of the Big 12. Yeah, so I grew up playing softball my whole life. 
Um, ended up playing at the college level. I went the junior college route to begin with, played two years at Temple College. Uh, and then after that, I transferred to a division two school, uh, St. Edwards University. After that, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, wanted to pursue something a little bit further. So decided to get a master's at Texas A&M Kingsville where I was the graduate assistant softball coach there for two years while I was, uh, while I was there. Uh, my second year there, we ended up attending the Division II College World Series where we finished in second place, a little bit of a heartbreaker, but it was a really great experience, really learned for some, from some really uh, great coaches, got to be around a lot of you know, really talented players. So it was a, it was a great experience for me overall. Uh, grew up a Texas fan my whole life. I, I'd like to say I was brainwashed into it, uh, but I'm not, bad, mad, I'm not mad about it. Um, and just, you know, with the love of softball, actually when my brother uh, attended uh, the University of Texas, he was a softball manager. So, you know, um, I got to be a bad girl and hang out with the team. And so that's where my love uh, for Big 12 softball kind of grew and just, you know, to hang out with the athletes and just see what everything was about. And it was just an amazing experience. That's awesome. I'm very thrilled to have you today. Uh, I want to talk about this weekend for the Big 12. Obviously, uh, everybody gets going. The sport gets going. There's a lot to be excited about. And it is a loaded weekend. I mean, I'm, I'm curious from you. I prepped you. For, I, let, I gave you this question ahead of time because I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Again, it is a loaded, loaded weekend. But what are the games this weekend that you are most excited about? Yeah, so, you know, I'm really excited to see Oklahoma State and uh, Arizona State going at it. Uh, two big, uh, you know, power five teams. You know, it's just Oklahoma State, they have so much firepower coming back with, you know, Kaylee Naomi, Cheyenne Factor, Haley Busby, Sydney Pennington, and then adding the Florida transfer, Julia Cadra, and then adding the Texas transfer, Miranda Ellish. I mean, the rich get richer, you know what I'm saying? Um, so they are fully loaded. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do. They are definitely going to make a run at a big 12 title this year. Um, they're definitely going to compete. I'm really interested to see what, um, what, uh, Texas can do. You know, they open up against Clemson. That's going to be a great, great matchup. Um, we'll see what they can do. They got a lot of returners. Um, they brought in Haley Dolcini, a pitcher from Fresno state, who is in, in my opinion, I, I thought was one of the best. She competed her tail off in that UCLA regional, um, almost took UCLA out and, and made it to a super. So yeah, a lot of exciting things going on this weekend. I mean, looking down this list for the weekend, you, Thursday we open with Oklahoma at UC Santa Barbara and OSU versus Arizona State, as you mentioned. We've got Friday, OSU Duke and OSU Utah, Texas Clemson, which is a ranked on rank matchup, Oklahoma versus Mississippi State, which should be really good. Uh, Saturday brings us Iowa State, Nebraska. Uh, let's see. Uh, Texas Boston College, uh, Texas Tech at Houston. There's our there's a nice uh, future Big Twelve matchup we can pe- keep an eye on. Uh, Kansas, as we will talk to Coach McFalls, is in Phoenix at Grand Canyon, and it has some really good matchups, including uh, a game against Grand Canyon. I mean, I look at this weekend. There's a lot to be excited about. I'm I'm just for one, I I I love this sport more and more and more the more I watch it, but. I'm just excited to see it on, to see games on ESPN Plus, uh, to see games on just just to be able to watch anything. I'm thrilled. Yeah, you really got to watch out for that for that Duke team. I think Duke is uh, building something special over there. Um, they ended up beating Texas last year, two to one, in a, in a really exciting game. So that'll be a great matchup. Looking at the conference, I mean, Oklahoma's the favorite for an absolute reason. I mean, that team is they were they were so good last year. 
they're just loaded again. Like their consensus one number one nationally. They're like half their roster is like up for player of the year in the preseason, it feels like. I mean, it's hard not to view Oklahoma as the favorite and as a as a very likely Big Twelve champion in the regular season and in probably the, the Big Twelve tournament again. But I mean, realistically, if you had to put a percentage on it, like how how much do you think there is another team in this conference that could upset Oklahoma and unseat them this year? Man, that 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 is really tough. I mean, like you said, they they their whole lineup is pretty much up who could be up for player of the year. You know, you got Allo back, Jennings back, Hanson back, them three combined for 76 home runs. All right. Their team had 146 home runs. Three of those, three of them being Allo, Jennings, and Hanson had 76. Texas as an entire team only had 78 home runs. Um, they they hit they hit for average they their average was 421 they hit for power 146 home runs with 225 RBIs um, and not to mention you know they got Hope Trotwine from the University of North Texas coming in to pitch for them um, they got a big time transfer at shortstop from Oregon Alyssa Brito who was magnificent for Oregon last last season so I mean it's going to be really really tough to dethrone Oklahoma but if anybody has a chance I'd probably have to say Oklahoma State. Um, I hope Texas can can uh, creep in there and, and play spoiler, but man, it it looks it looks like a daunting task to take down Oklahoma from that number one spot. I can't believe I missed this matchup for Saturday. Number one Oklahoma versus number three UCLA. Wow, yeah, you're you're right. That <laughs> I don't know how I missed this. I don't know. Like, how I've I been that looking at this thing over and over and over again, and somehow number one Oklahoma versus number three UCLA just completely just blew past me like on the on the literally the third day of the season we get a matchup between two top three teams good grief that's like um, that that one's gonna be a lot of fun um with the loss of of Rachel Garcia I I think it'll be tough but you know they have they have Aaliyah Jordan and they have uh Megan Faramo who's a great pitcher so um I think I think they'll it's gonna be a great matchup all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. You're a Big Twelve fan, obviously, and you're a fan yeah. of the sport overall, and that's that's great. But you're a Big Twelve fan as a fan of Texas. Uh, it, it if I have one complaint against the Big Twelve, and not the not the teams, but the conferences itself, I just want to know what politics the SEC plays that they literally get to complain when one team in the conference is left out. They're getting 13 teams into the postseason yeah. and and complaining or 12 out of 13 to play softball and griping about it like it's some massive disservice. The Big 12 is like, if we can get five of our seven, it's seven teams. And look, the, the Big 12, Oklahoma is so good. And Oklahoma State last year was so good. And Texas was so good. I mean, Texas has only lost six six games last year. It was their only losses were Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State led like one extra loss to Kansas. OU lost one game in conference. Like it, the top of the conference is so good. And it's not like the whole SEC is amazing. Like there's teams at the bottom that aren't just like awesome. And yet they're complaining when they don't get in the postseason. And I don't hear the Big 12 when it only gets like four, maybe five of the seven teams out there vocalizing like this is nonsense. Like let all uh, we have to. Our teams have to play Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas every year. Oh, by the way, Baylor and Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas are all good. It's not their fault that that they can't pull off a whole bunch of wins against a, a conference that's just loaded. Like, 
can can we can we get a little bit more like push to to get more of the teams into the postseason even if like hey you know what they finished 500 so what so what yeah yeah i totally get it i, I just think the sec is you know one of those elite conferences and, and everything they do they kind of have this little bit i guess a sense of entitlement if you will um so <laughs> so, so they they feel really important um but yeah, I totally agree with you. I think I think the the twelve is 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 a tough division, and you know, at the top how we have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Um, that's that's just really tough competition, and you know, there with um, and then with uh, Iowa State, you know, they had Sammy Williams last year, a standout player, twenty one home runs, hit uh, four forty six for average. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's tough, but um, yeah, the Big Twelve definitely d- deserves some more love in softball as much as the SEC does. Yeah, they got. So let's see. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's right. Okay, yeah, so thirteen it. of the fourteen yeah. teams play. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, who went five hundred at twenty six and twenty six, was like, well, "We should have gotten in too." It's like you went four and twenty in conference. Yeah, they, yeah, you, you went four and twenty six. Yeah, they, they like, were like they were lucky to be at five hundred. Like, shut up, <laughs> shut, stop it. So Auburn was twenty seven and twenty four, and they were just like, I was like, come on, come on now. We're gonna I play mean, this and game. Auburn was both Auburn and Georgia were seven and seventeen in the conference. I mean, A and M and Mississippi State not far behind, eight and sixteen, eight and fifteen. I mean, Ole Miss was right at five hundred in the conference. So, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, uh, the, everybody wants to talk about SEC bias. Like, forget football. Let's talk about softball and baseball. You want to know where the bias exists? It's there. Okay, oh, let's get oh, rid definitely. of this. I want the let's get some Big Twelve bias going here. Okay, I agree. Uh, I, I've kind of asked. I've asked everybody this. And this is a thing I want to ask is everybody who comes on, I'm going to be talking about this all season because it's going to be a big deal. You know, Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave the SEC at some point. So the rich are just going to get <laughs> in softball, like <laughs> good heavens. Like you're not getting everybody in when you get Oklahoma and Texas there because you're going to have that's not more wins for the rest of the SEC. That's probably fewer. Once it leaves, you look at this big 12, Oklahoma State has become a national power. They they need to be able to sustain that for the Big 12. You're bringing in BYU, UCF, and, and Houston. I mean, in your opinion, obviously the Big 12 is going to is going to take a ding because you can't lose a team that's won multiple national championships in Oklahoma and just be like, "No, it's the same conference." It's not. It's just it's just not. Um you can't lose a team that's a perennial top 25 program in Texas and say, "It's the same conference." It's 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 just not. It's not. And and no offense to BYU, UCF, Houston, those that, that those three do not equal the two that are leaving in this sport. But looking at the conference moving forward, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Big Twelve and its future? Uh, I, th- I think the Big Twelve will be okay. I think Oklahoma State is definitely going to have to uh, take the reins on this one, and, and they'll be fine. Oklahoma State is going to be is really set up for the future with Coach Gajewski. I mean, he's doing a phenomenal job at Oklahoma State. Um, Baylor's kind of fell off a little bit, you know, but, you know, Baylor was always a world, a world series team about, you know, 10 years ago when I was in high school, it was like Baylor world series, Baylor world series. So I think they're going to need, you know, to, um, start recruiting a little better and, and win some more, uh, important games and try to get back to that, to that, uh, world series run when they had Whitney Canyon. It seemed like Whitney Canyon was there forever <laughs> when she was at, at Baylor, but, you know, Houston brings some, some talent, uh, coach, uh, coach Vaselli or coach Vesley. She played it. She played it. OU. So um, she knows what it takes to win. And and I think once you get to the Big Twelve, she'll have a a better selling point to get uh, more recruits to come and play at the University of Houston. I'm also really intrigued by UCF. I they made the postseason last year. I, I think that's a solid program. Um, I agree. 
look, they've, they've been a good football program. They're an okay at basketball, but I really do think like softball is one of those teams. They were 14, 19, and one last year. That was a good squad. Like I do think that's a, a program that can come in and coming to the Big 12 should help BYU, Houston, and UCF. That, that should help all of them improve. And by bringing in three and losing two, you're going to become a conference with eight teams instead of seven, which I think should help as well. You can play a couple fewer non-conference to play some more conference games if you want. But I just I, I do think those are three solid programs who will improve. I, I do think it's going to be very important for the Big 12 to have Oklahoma State continue to be what they are and hope that another program in the Big 12 can also rise up and try and match that level. You you need two, at least one legitimate national championship caliber team. Um, and if you can get more than one, I mean, it's just it's just to be that much better for, for a conference, especially when it's as small as the Big 12 is. Yeah, I mean, going back on your on your UCF point, they they came to play at that Tallahassee, Tallahassee Regional uh, last year. You know, they opened up beating Auburn five to four, really impressive win. I mean, UCF comes in and just takes down this you know powerhouse SEC team, and they did a great job hanging with Florida State, only losing uh, three to nothing and, and two to nothing. So I totally agree with you on your on your UCF point. I mean, um, they're they definitely came to play last year at that Tallahassee Regional. They were very impressive. I actually saw that game against Auburn, and I was like, wow. This is this is impressive. I mean, coming in to your to that uh, Tallahassee regional and then just taking out Auburn and then you know hanging around with uh, Florida State, who was a runner up last year in the women's college world series, uh, eventually losing to Oklahoma. But I agree with that. U- UCF is is going to be a team to watch out for in the Big Twelve. Melina, you've been awesome. I enjoy this. Uh, we're going to do this some more. Um, I enjoy having someone on here to talk softball with, so I appreciate it. Um, I assume you like to talk a lot of softball and talk Texas softball, specifically a lot of softball. Is there any, any, uh, anywhere you'd like to plug that you like to talk about softball? People can, can listen to you do so. This is, this is my first time I actually talk, talking softball. Um, again, something that I'm really passionate about, huge Texas fan. Uh, I think we'll be all right. You know, with the return of Janae Jefferson, Mary Iacopo, um, obviously Shay O'Leary in the circle, getting, uh, Dulcini back, um, excited for what's to come with the younger ones with, uh, uh, J.J. Smith and, and Jordan Whitaker. Um, so I think uh, Texas has a bright future as well. But, uh, you know, let's let's admit o- Oklahoma is still going to still going to wear that crown until until uh, someone else has a has a say about it, I guess. But um, very excited um, for the Big 12 and, and softball in general. And it's it's going to be a great uh, Big 12 battle with um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Texas. Agreed. I'm looking forward to it. This week is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know Prairie is going to be focused on basketball, but if you've got some time, you've got ESPN+. Plus. This is the time to have ESPN+. Plus. Like I know there's a fans who don't like ESPN+. Plus. I understand. Um, I think a lot of people just turn it on for football and don't enjoy that it's on ESPN+. Plus. But like the access it gives us to baseball and softball and other other sports that, that just normally we didn't or didn't get to used to have, which is terrible grammar uh or you had to use like youtube to be able to watch like i would much rather put it on my tv on espn plus this is i'm not getting paid to say this i just like for fans of who want to be able to watch baseball and softball college baseball and softball like could you gripe and just go watch it like these productions are put on by the schools too so if you're like well this isn't very good it's because the school's putting it on like the espn's not sending a, a truck out to 
Texas Tech to put on a softball game. Like you're getting it because Texas Tech is creating the broadcast and then ESPN is picking it up and carrying it for you. So like one of the, I mean, you're kind of supporting the school by, by logging in again, ESPN plus, if you, uh, if you want to be a sponsor, we'll keep uh, pushing you aggressively during baseball and softball season. Uh, our DMs are open. Yeah, definitely. I, I uh, just subscribed to six ninety nine a month. Got to get that ESPN plus and got to watch all the softball you can totally worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Melina, this has been awesome. Uh, I look forward to doing this again throughout the season. Uh, as I mentioned, Coach McFalls, head coach of the Kansas softball team coming up. Chris Plank, who covers Oklahoma and the Big 12 coming up. Uh, do us a favor. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at 1012 Network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network, on Instagram at 1012pod. Uh, we will be back on Monday. I don't know what we're going to do because the Super Bowl Sunday night, and I forgot, so now we got to figure out how to record a show while the Super Bowl is going on or before it. So something will be on air on Monday. Uh, college baseball starts next week. We'll have our college baseball preview. College softball preview. Stick around. It is fantastic. There's only one place to get the best daily audio coverage of the Kansas Jayhawks, and that's here on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Join me, your host, Andy Mitz, every weekday as we go through all the biggest stories affecting your favorite college teams, whether that's football, basketball, tennis, soccer, baseball, softball, volleyball, or any other team that the Kansas Jayhawks put forward. If there's a story to cover, we grab a guest from across the sports landscape and bring that story to you. Find it now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. season is finally here big 12 fans and for your home for men's and women's basketball come to midwest madness we are doing game coverages going over game analysis different rankings of teams and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference you're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have so go check out midwest madness available wherever you listen to podcasts all right, of course, we are previewing Big 12 softball. Softball season is here. Everything kicks off this week, and I can't do a Big 12 softball preview show if I do not bring on Chris Plank, the voice you know from Sooner Radio Network and Sooner Sports Podcast. Chris, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me, Philip. Appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. Always a fun time of year where season starts this week. Let's go. I know. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I it. The, the longer I've been doing this whole Big 12 show, the more excited I get every year about Big 12 softball. And and this year, I'm just like, I, I've been waiting like weeks now, like getting ready. I'm excited. You're seeing everything come out. Big 12 put out their first ever uh, actual like softball preseason team, which is really exciting. You're seeing D1 softball, softball, all the national stuff that focuses on college softballs, putting all their stuff out. And man, it's hard not to be excited and especially as an Oklahoma or Oklahoma State fan, when you're looking across every national preseason poll and seeing the the Sooners and the Cowgirls, pretty much consensus Oklahoma number one and Oklahoma State as a top five team. Yeah, and I think it boils down to both of them. You know, if they get the pitching that they need is, you know, Jordy Ball is advertised for Oklahoma. Do the uh, do the transfers and obviously the, you know, it, it, you start thinking about kind of what. Texas is, or excuse me, what Oklahoma State has done with Kenny Gajewski in the transfer portal. You know, we we were living the transfer life in softball before football even was thinking about it. Um, and, and they've gone out and done some pretty amazing things. Texas looks to be good. Um, I mean, you're, I, I know we're in a conference where only seven teams play softball, but of those seven teams right now, I mean, I, I feel like five could and should be knocking on the door of the postseason. So, 
Yeah, and, and again, if, I, I think it all comes down to this conference to pitching. And that's what made all the, the difference for Oklahoma in its run towards the Women's College World Series championship last year when G. Warriors got hot. Now let's see if you know Nicole May can replicate that for the Sooners and Brand Ellis can be that for Oklahoma State. And kind of if, if Texas starts getting some of its like we know they're capable of. It's going to be a fascinating year. Yeah, I, it felt like last year – you look back at Oklahoma won the Big 12, uh, Oklahoma State right there, right there with them, Texas close. And again, being only seven teams, you know, when you have teams as good as Oklahoma has been every year, uh, as good as Texas has been, and as, as good as Oklahoma State has become, it, it can look a little bit lopsided in the conference when you get three dominant teams. The other four are going to kind of struggle. I mean, uh, Oklahoma gave up one loss to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State lost, lost three games in conference play last season. So it, you end up, the bottom has to kind of eat itself for victories. But I am curious from you, kind of looking at at the the middle to bottom, the Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Like, is this a situation where they are better than maybe their their record indicates because of how good the top of the conference is? Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely think so because you know Kansas was able to pull off a win against Oklahoma State last year, but I also think Oklahoma State committed like five errors in, in that game. So, you know, it's. It's still a big win. It's still a marquee win for what they're trying to build at at, at Kansas with uh, Jimmy Falls. And, you know, listen, the, the thing with all, all three of those teams that you mentioned in, in Tech, Iowa State, and, and Kansas, they all have really, really good coaches. I mean, Jamie Pinkerton, to me, I, I don't just say this because Jamie and I went to college together, but he's done a really nice job with what they're trying to build at Iowa State. It's going to be interesting to see how they overcome you know, the graduation of Sammy Williams. So, yeah, I, I do think that it's a little bit tougher. Now, granted, you know, that doesn't mean any of those games, like Oklahoma has to go to Waco. Or, excuse me, Oklahoma's got to go to Lubbock this year. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that any of those games are gimme for Oklahoma against Texas Tech. But, you know, typically that's where your pitching depth flexes its muscle. And, unfortunately, for the Techs, for the Iowa State, for the Baylors, even, you know, some of the struggles they've had the last few years. And, of course, in Kansas, you might have one really, really good pitcher, but in a three-game series, you get found out pretty quick. Your hope, your hope to get one might be on that Friday night or if it's uh, uh, spring break weekend that Thursday. Uh, but in all honesty, I, I think it is. It's a little bit tough. It's, it's I don't want to say unfair, but it's a little bit more of a challenge for that bottom half to get the respect that they deserve. You know, I, I, I want to dive into the, the, the season this year, but I, I want to ask this question because it's been something that's been on my mind, obviously, since last August. Um, we know Oklahoma and Texas are not long for the Big 12. They've got about two, three seasons left in them. Um, and and are looking at the conference the way it is, Oklahoma obviously has been the class of the Big 12 in softball. Texas has been absolutely fantastic in this conference. You're losing, I mean, you're losing two teams that you can't really replace. Um, as they head off to the SEC in this sport specifically, I mean, and, and, and across the board, obviously, but especially in softball, like you're not replacing Oklahoma, uh, UCF, BYU, Houston coming in. I mean, you're going to have more teams than you had, but none of those at this point are are anything near what Oklahoma and Texas have been. So, looking at the Big Twelve, and I and I say that looking at this year and the next few years before Oklahoma and Texas leave, I, I really think this is a conference where you say, can when Oklahoma and Texas leave, 
can the rest of the conference rise, not to replace them, but at least keep this as a a top-tier conference in college softball without Oklahoma and Texas. Looking at both the teams that will be left over in Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas, and the three coming in with softball programs in UCF, Houston, and BYU. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, look look around the country and think about you know what's been going on out of the Pac-12 and what's been going on in the Big Ten and the ACC. You know, uh, Florida State plays in the Women's College World Series Championship Series last year, and they didn't even win their conference. You know, the Pac-12 is seeing a resurgence from the Oregons of the world, but it's not like UCLA has been as dominant as they once. And I say that they're two years removed from winning a national championship, and Rachel Garcia isn't there, but the depth of their conference, I think, you know, maybe it's unfair. We'll see uh, the Mike Kendrade, post-Mike Kendrade, Arizona, what that looks like. And Arizona State always is kind of sneaky good. But, you know, Oklahoma State's always there. Uh, Baylor's always there. And with Glenn Moore and with Kenny Gajewski, I don't think they're going anywhere. So I think that's two really good programs. You know, Houston is a team that um, I, I know they hit some skids last year, but they're well-coached. Uh, they're well-funded. They have a nice facility down in Houston. In fact, we're going there in in two weeks. And, and UCF, I feel like, is a, you know, perennial power in the American Athletic Conference. And I, I know my, my buddy Eric Lopez, who covers them for Inside the Circle and just in general, he's excited about that opportunity. BYU um, is, is always kind of in that conversation about making the postseason. So I – you know, maybe I'm being overly optimistic here, but you look around the country and the SEC, they've been the dominant power, right? You're looking at a league that got all but one of its teams in the postseason last year, and you add Oklahoma and Texas to that mix. They're, I mean, that's just taking two bids away from the Big 12, but it's also adding, uh, I mean, even more power to the SEC. It's not making the ACC any stronger. It's not making the Big Ten any stronger. It takes away from the Big 12, but at the very least, the Big 12 brings in three teams that you, if they're not in the postseason, they're knocking on the door of the postseason. So, you know, it's funny because people talk about football, football, football. This move is really, really tough for softball, right? You take away your consistent champion in Oklahoma and a team that's always well-funded and knocking on the door in Texas. But I also think it really opens a door for Oklahoma State and Kitty Gajewski, and it really opens a door for, you know, Baylor to be that, that, that power, and for Jamie Pinkerton at, at Iowa State. And then when, again, UCF gets in there and BYU and Houston, it opens a whole new potential recruiting base. As long as these teams continue to schedule up in the offseason like seemingly every single college softball team in this league does, I think it's going to be fine. Now, I don't know if a national champion is coming out of the Big 12, but, I mean, Oklahoma State was – they've been in the Women's College World Series, what, two last three years? And if they don't have a miraculous play at home plate and then have to play at one in the morning, you know, who's to say that maybe they are the team, that Florida State, that makes a run? So I'm not ready to bury the Big 12 in softball. Uh, I don't think it's a better softball conference without Oklahoma and Texas, obviously. But I do think it's it's just as good as the ACC. You know, it's, it's just as good. It might be better than the Big Ten. And it's probably knocking on the door of the Pac-12 if Oklahoma State continues to trend as it is of, of wanting to make some noise in the Pac-12. So, yeah, man, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. 
Yeah, so that, that's kind of how I felt. And with and and having Oklahoma State continue to be as successful as they are, and, and keeping Kenny Gajewski and and investing in softball, they've made some some improvements to the stadium. I know there's a push to build a new stadium, a new softball stadium for Oklahoma State. Like I, I do think this gives Oklahoma State an opportunity to become the new power in the Big Twelve. And you're right on. Schedule. Let's just say this real quick about uh, Oklahoma State, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Philip. No, go. Absolutely, what needs to happen in Stillwater, and I say this as an Oklahoman. Um, obviously, I do play-by-play, and yes, I'm a over-the-top, unapologetic homer for Oklahoma, but I want to see Oklahoma State do well. I really do, and Kenny Gajewski is, you know, he's a dude, and, and I've, I've dug what he's done there, and he's done a smart job in, in how he's approached building a team, and he's done a smart job in how he's built his coaching staff. But Oklahoma State deserves a new softball stadium, period. I mean, that's and again, I know it's tough because a break stadium, their baseball stadium was just built. Um, I, I don't know what, I think they're tearing down the old baseball stadium, but you know, you've got some land over there. You've got some room. They deserve and need a new facility period. If they're going to continue to take that next step in the rebuild big 12. Yeah. I'm sure that is on a uh, new athletic director, uh, Chad Weiberg's, uh Long list of things, along with wrestling and some other stuff, they've got to figure out. But I, I do feel like there's a there's a growing passion. Uh, I think there's a strong fan base for Oklahoma State that continues to grow as the team continues to find success. And I do think for the Big Twelve to stay in the upper tier of of of, of conferences, like you need a you need a power, you need someone who you say, okay, there's someone in the conference who's going to consistently find their way to Oklahoma City and make it to the College World Series because it does create a you know helping all the other teams by having someone on their schedule that that's good that that's the bit big of a a a marquee opponent in conference play yeah and i hope they also play oklahoma texas i know that there's going to be deeper debates about that in football but as far as softball is concerned i think texas and baylor should still play each other i think that's good for both schools i i have a good feeling that oklahoma state and oklahoma are still going to play each other i think it's become beneficial for both schools so, yeah, to, to, to me, I think beyond just continuing to schedule up, I hope you still see a Texas on a Baylor schedule and an Oklahoma on an Oklahoma State, uh, State schedule or Oklahoma on Baylor or Oklahoma on uh, Texas Tech or Iowa State. I, just, I, I hope some of these series do continue or at least midweek games in some way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, I believe, and I, I forget which podcast it was um, that Gajewski went on. I think it was in the circle. I mean, he mentioned they, they, they intend to continue to play Oklahoma, which, again, you're right. Football aside, like, there you should want this series to continue. You, we can talk about football in another different conversation, but softball, wrestling, baseball, like all of the the other Olympic sports, like, you absolutely should want that. The softball especially, like, Bedlam's too big of a deal. Whether you want to move, and I, and I think you keep it at home and homes, find a way to do that every year. I, th- I think that's too valuable for both schools to have that on the schedule, especially as good as both schools are at this point, that, to, to keep that on going. Uh, so looking at the teams, obviously, I mean, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, like I said, Oklahoma pretty much a consensus number one preseason. OSU, we've seen preseason rank number two, number three, number four, depending upon which ranking you go to. You look at the uh, Big 12 inaugural Big 12 softball preseason team, and it's a lot of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State with a little Texas and even a, a Michaela Ramos for Iowa State thrown in. Um, I think it's pretty much, it, it very much feels like this is Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State for who's going to win this. And at 
Look, I, I know you're a blatant Oklahoma fan, but uh, you are a passionate Big 12 softball fan as well. But it, it's hard not to look at what Oklahoma has on the roster. Look at what they, at just from a national ranking standpoint, not just in the Big 12, but for, for how it's viewed nationally and say that Oklahoma isn't a dominant preseason favorite again for this year. Yeah, they are. And there's a reason. I mean, they have one player, if you just look at the batting lineup, okay, take take the conversation about pitching just out of the mix for a second. Their lineup, you have one person that started in the championship series that needs to be replaced. And that was their right fielder, Nicole Mendez. And that's a big loss. But in the same vein, she didn't start all year long. She just basically, I think it was like the last 12 or 13 games. So everyone on a team that hit more home runs than any other softball team in the history of college softball is that. Let me repeat that, Philip. Everyone who is a part of a team that hit the most home runs in the history of college softball is essentially back. Now, Nicole Mendes is gone. I think she had two home runs last year, right? So, again, they're all back. So that's one reason. The big key for Oklahoma will be, all right, you're going to run up as the season progresses. You know, let's, let's see how Miranda Ellis handles the time off. And I think a lot of seeing Texas as high as you're seeing – excuse me, thinking of Texas, where, where she was last. I think a lot of seeing Oklahoma State as highly ranked as people are seeing Oklahoma State, I think that is a lot on people feeling that Miranda Ellis is going to be the same Miranda Ellis that we saw at Oregon and at Texas. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I hope so just for the sake of Oklahoma State and its fan base, but – you know, let's let, let's get a couple of, of, of outings under her belt, and then you're like, okay, let's go. She looks legit. So that, that's one thing on, on Oklahoma State for me. And then the same thing I think can be said for Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma State brings back most of its offense too, right? Uh, Amy Busby is back. Shine Factor is back. They've got, some, they've got some players that are back in that lineup that, oh, by the way, you know, just finished a, a couple of games out of the Big 12 championship, beat Oklahoma for the first time in the Kenny Gajewski era on a Friday night in Stillwater. So they've got some positive vibes, even though they lost to him twice in the, in the next two games and then lost in the, in the Big 12 championship game. But here's the thing. Both teams have to get their pitching in order because when you run up, as we learned in the Women's College World Series, in Super Regionals, and you're facing the Gabby Plains and you're facing the, um, the, the big-name pitch. I know Rachel Garcia's graduated, but there's going to be teams that slow you down, that shut you down a bit because – that's the nature of this game. So Oklahoma needs to have Nicole May make that next step. They need Jordy Ball to be as advertised. They need Hope Troutwine to be able to bring to Oklahoma what she brought to North Texas. We'll see if Macy McAdoo can give them something that she has the stuff. Does she have the hell? I just, I, I think for Oklahoma, it's obvious why everyone is chasing them when you look at the lineup. I think the challenge for Oklahoma and for Jen Rocha is – is our pitching where it needs to be. Now, the good news for Jen Roach, their pitching coach, is based on everything that I've heard, is the pitchers are winning practice right now. And at this point last year, the pitchers were not winning practice. The hitters are the ones now that are ready to get to the regular season. They're tired of facing their own pitching. So I think that's a really positive sign going forward for Sooner fans. And I've heard the same thing out of Oklahoma State for Cowgirl fans, too. Looking at uh, some of the non-conference games on the schedule this year, like uh, as an OSU fan, let me just admit that I know their schedule a little bit better than I do everyone else's. But I mean, you look at some of the stuff on here and 
The Big 12 does not hold back. I mean, Oklahoma State's got three games at Florida State toward the end of the season in Tallahassee, which is just ridiculous. But you look at some of these uh, neutral site tournaments, and and we'll get to my opinions on those in a second. Like, there's some really, really good matchups. We're going to see Oklahoma face off with Houston. I know Texas Tech does as well, which is a lot of fun. Texas has LSU on the schedule. Uh, Oklahoma's got Indiana. Um, man, I'm just scrolling through all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Like the big, there's there's some really good stuff for softball fans to get excited about on this non-conference schedule. Well, and it starts for Oklahoma on Saturday night. You know, they play UCLA on Saturday night, and you know, a lot of this too, Philip, is. And the Oklahoma State-Florida State thing, I love. I'm glad they're playing that. Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma is going to add a midweek game later in the season against Kentucky. Hasn't fully been announced yet, but it's coming. Um, I, I, think, I think that what you're seeing now with California essentially opening back up and some of these tournaments happening again this year, it's, it's, it's brought back that juice and that excitement over the schedule. And that's where all the, the preseason fun is, right? The Mary Nutter Classic is back. Um, uh, they have a Mark Campbell Invitational to honor the, the great coach of, of, of the travel ball team out in California who passed away a couple of years ago. All of these events were slated to happen last year, and they didn't. Now they're back, and that's where you get the best of the best. And I know that ESPN has its event that's going on down in Florida, and you see some great teams there. It's just, I mean, college softball plays, what, like 70 games. It's, it's crazy if you end up making a run through the softball tournament. But these games early in the season can do more for you in the postseason than I think anyone can truly imagine. And you're right. I'm, I'm glad to see with seven teams that the Big 12 has taken the quote-unquote off week, and some have turned it into an off week, but most have turned it into a weekend when they're going to go out and challenge themselves. It makes the conference stronger in the eyes of the antiquated RPI, and that helps everyone when it comes to postseason bids and postseason rankings because – at least in the time being, it's not, oh, X team is, is held back by its conference. It's this team is better because of the Big 12 conference. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I really, really, truly dig what a lot of these teams are doing in the non-con. And glad these tournaments are back slash classics this, uh, this uh, fall or spring. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the 2022 St. Pete Clearwater Invitational, I think, is super incredibly awesome. I love that down in Florida, Texas – Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State are all there along with, I mean, look at Tennessee, UCLA, Washington, LSU, Florida State, Auburn, Michigan, UCF, Notre Dame. Like, this this thing, if you just want to like, okay, what's a, if I had a weekend to tune in, February 17th, 18th, 19th, like, find those games. If, if they're going to be on somewhere, like, and, and ESPN Plus is supposed to carry more softball, like, there's some incredible matchups that weekend. Yeah, and, and I hope that the NFL readjusts its uh, Super Bowl schedule next year. I really do. Um, I, I hate this with the opening weekend. And, and, again, it's not as if SportsCenter, unfortunately, would ever lead with softball. But I just I, – I hope the NFL realizes what I think was an error in taking that week off after the uh, last postseason game. You know, let's go. You know, save save that bye week for the Super Bowl – we don't need a bye week after the third exhibition game to start the season. Let's get going, get the Super Bowl back in the first week of February so, um, so we can have a, a full, uninhibited, un, non-overshadowed weekend of softball coming up to start the season. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, let me just kind of project again a little bit ahead. You know, we, we looking at Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, Texas, Texas, or Kansas. With Oklahoma and Texas leaving, the new teams that are going to come in. I mean, Oklahoma State aside, and I want you to include the three teams coming in. Who do you think, if you look at and say, is poised to to take advantage of the situation with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the best? Uh, Oklahoma State won. Okay, I think that they've got a chance if they continue to get players to the portal like they've been able to. I think Oklahoma State, number one. Um, I would say Baylor. Uh, You know, and again, Glenn Moore's been there for a long time. It kind of shows you the progression of softball. For those that don't know, you know, Glenn Moore essentially started the LSU program and left LSU for Baylor. (laughs) So, I mean, that kind of shows you what softball meant to the Big 12 at one time and still does. But I I would say my wild card in that is Texas Tech because – I just – I think you see the model that's out there for Texas Tech Diamond Sports, and, you know, they've, they've made a really smart hire after I, – I, I think pulling the plug on Adrian Gregory way too early, and I understand that the situations around that, you know, maybe maybe we got a little carried away. Maybe that was a time where the women's basketball coach had a few issues, so everyone was super sensitive, and you had some professors that got involved, so we could do a whole podcast – on the unfortunate mess it cost Adrian Gregory her job at Texas Tech. But that was a mistake in letting Gregory go. But I think they made up for it in a big way with what they've got going on right now. So I put Tech in that mix. And I think I would also add, I think I would also add, and again, this is, this is again one of those situations that you'll see. But I think Iowa State has a chance to really make some noise and be something. Um, Jamie, Jamie, uh, Pinkerton gets it. He knows what it takes. I know I just mentioned four of the five teams that would be left, and I hate to leave out Kansas. Uh, but I think that, you know, of all those that I mentioned, I really think there's a chance for Iowa State to make a next step. They got a neat facility. Um, they're traveling in Florida, and they're traveling in California during the time whenever it's cold and nasty in Ames, Iowa. So I think they've got a chance to really, really do some damage, which Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma and Texas leave. We had we were lucky enough to have Pinkerton on the uh, on the show last fall or no not last fall, man time is a weird thing after what happened with COVID. Uh, heading into the postseason last year and really enjoyed talking with him. Like I, I really think the Big Twelve has a a good collection of softball coaches. I think it's a, a sport that the conference cares about. I I know every sport, every team kind of school is different. Football is king. Men's basketball is, is a big deal. Women's basketball is tough. I do think softball is more important than than people kind of give it credit for in the Big 12. I, I realize it doesn't have the success of, of the SEC in large part because they all the Big 12 schools don't just have extra money laying around to throw it at at, at, at softball and other sports like it. But like I do think the Big 12 cares about softball. I do think it's a sport that the conference is invested in. It's just sometimes it doesn't get the push in the pub in part because only seven teams take part in it. Well, I mean, it, it, if it doesn't, then who's sleeping on it in the Big 12 offices? Because it's brought you, uh, what, three national championships in the last six, seven years. So, um, I, it, it, I, and I think over that stretch, that's more national titles in a sport than any other sport has brought the Big 12. I was really hoping, I think one thing that would have helped, I know TCU was having a decision-making process about adding a sport, and softball was mentioned, but they decided to go with beach volleyball instead, and I understand that. Um, you know, if, if, if maybe a, a Kansas State had looked at adding it, but it never did, and I just – I don't think softball would ever be in the mix-up in West Virginia. But maybe if you could have got to eight and, and got TCU there, that would have been great. But you'll be at eight. 
right? You'll be at eight whenever you get UCF, BYU, and Houston in there. And I think that can really help make a major difference for uh, the buzz around softball within the league offices. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Chris, man, I always appreciate your time and your knowledge uh, of talking about Big 12 softball. Uh, do me a favor. Plug away, man. Where can everybody check out the, the fantastic work you do covering uh, the Big 12 and, and Oklahoma? Well, two things. Um, I'm always putting where I am on Twitter, so give me a shout at Plank Show. And, of course, uh, you can catch me most afternoons whenever. I think I'm about fourth on the depth chart on the show now. But Big 12 fans, be sure to check out Big 12 today, Series XM Channel 375. Monday through Friday from 3 to 5 a.m., uh, 3 to 5 p.m. Tons of good uh, Big 12 content going on there. Chris, as always, uh, I appreciate your time. Look forward to getting you back on as the season progresses, just because I'm I'm, I'm pumped for the season, man. I'm, I am so thrilled for the I'm season. Too. I'm too. All right. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it, man. See you, bud. Current and former athletes, members of the athletic department, and of course the best fans in the country all make up a very special group we like to call the Cyclone Family. Join me, Jamie Steyer-Johnson, as I bring you closer to the people that make Iowa State unique each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. Some names you may know, while others may be new to you, but one thing's for sure. This is one family reunion you won't want to miss. Each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. For Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas Tech fans, there's no better way to show your school pride while you are cheering on your team's softball team this year than by rocking some home field apparel. The most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. By the way, if you're a BYU-Houston UCF fan who's listening to the show, you can rock home field apparel too because they have an amazing collection for all of those schools, plus West Virginia, Cincinnati, good time to go and check out Homefield Apparel. We love Homefield Apparel, not just because they're a sponsor on the show, but because they really do make the most comfortable gear with the best vintage logos. The Baylor stuff is amazing. Uh, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, may I suggest the Pistol Patty shirt, which is freaking awesome and one of my absolute favorites in my collection. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, to get 15% off your first order. So whether you're a baseball fan, a softball fan, a basketball fan, or just a fan of any of the amazing schools on Homefield Apparel, and there are more than 100 and new ones getting added every week, then you need to go and shop right now. Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code NETWORK12. 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this year. Right, obviously, the season gets going on Thursday for a couple of Big 12 teams, but for Kansas, gets going on Friday with the rest of the Big 12. So I'm very excited to have the head coach of the Kansas softball team, uh, Coach Jennifer McFalls, joining us today. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Let's just lead off with the easy question. How excited are you to get the season rolling? Honestly, it can't really get here fast enough for us. Um, my girls have really worked hard this fall and um, – you know, we just, they're, they're so excited to play and face somebody else besides each other, you know, that time of year. And we've been at it for the last three and a half, four weeks, uh, just, you know, since we've come back from our, our Christmas break. So, you know, I, I think opening weekends always that one weekend, they just kind of get a real good feel for where your team is at and maybe figure out more things you need to work on and focus on things you got to get better at, but just a good measuring stick, you know, heading into this first weekend. 
you know, getting a feel, I think, is an interesting point. You guys um, have a lot to replace, especially at pitching this season. Gone are Haley Reed and Tatum Goff uh, and Hannah Todd and Lexi Mills. I mean, you, you do return Casey Hamilton, uh, who played in 22 games for you last year in Savannah. Uh, Rocher. am I getting yep. that right? Per- That's oh. right. Pitching, obviously, is such an important thing, obviously, in softball. But I, I just I feel like in, at the collegiate level, the success really relies on having good pitching. How do you feel about about your your pitchers heading into this season? I feel really good about them, to be real honest. Um, obviously, Casey uh, Hamilton brings in the most experience. Uh, she's a just a, a very talented left-handed pitcher. She competes well. Um, had an opportunity to really get her feet wet last year as a freshman and and have some really solid experiences. Um, Savannah didn't throw quite as much, but she has really turned the corner for us. I mean, she's done some great stuff this off season. So um, I definitely think she's going to, going to have a really solid year for us. And then we have two freshmen that'll be joining um, Katie Brooks and Olivia Bruno. So, um, you know, I obviously four pitchers is, is uh, it's enough when you think about it some days and some days it feels like it's not enough, but um, you know, maybe in the preseason with the tournaments, when you're playing five games in a weekend four pitchers, you know, they're going to get plenty of opportunities. Um, our freshmen are going to have to grow up fast. So, um, but you know, once we get into big 12, I mean, obviously, you know, kind of your staff is your staff and it's going to be real important to see where we're at by the time we get to the big 12. But I, I feel like they've had a really good off season. Uh, May Lambert is our pitching coach. She's done a really good job with them. And um, so I, I'm excited to see them compete. They all compete very well and they have some different stuff and, you know, just um, I, again, I think I'll, I'll have a better feel for that after this weekend, but I'm, I'm excited for them. That's great. Also coming back, you got two of your top three hitters from last season. Uh, junior third baseman Ashlyn Anderson and redshirt senior catcher Shelby Gayer. Am I pronouncing Correct. that right? Oh man, two for two. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go hit Vegas up after this. I mean, obviously, both of those two players are going to have to step up after you lost your your top hitter from last year, uh, Morgan Wynn. We can we can talk about her in a second. Um, who else have you seen so far in your lineup that feels like they're going to help step up and, and and fill in to replace some of the hitting you lost from last year? Well, those two you mentioned are, are definitely two of our big leaders. Um, Ashlyn Anderson, who's, you know, such a solid player for us and a great leader. Shelby Gare behind the plate, um, who brings a lot of power. <clears throat> I definitely expect a lot of great things out of both of them. But uh, in addition to that, um, we return Madison Hirsch, who's was primarily a DP for us. Um, she's really solid hitter for us, um, has some power. She's a junior. And then we have, uh, I think, some probably some new faces. Um, we brought in a transfer from um, Butler Junior College just down the road, Shayna Espy, um, probably be in the leadoff spot for us. She's a lefty. She's just um, did an outstanding job at the, at the JUCO level, and, and um, so excited to see her compete. And then um, outside of that, we have Lyric Moore. She'll be a sophomore for us. Uh, Lyric started to really come on late last season. She brings a ton of power to the plate. Um, she'll probably be primarily playing in the outfield for us, and she's a catcher outfielder. So, uh, but she's she's got a lot of lot of power. So I'm excited to see her. And then our freshman Olivia Bruno, who I mentioned um, as a pitcher, she also plays first base, but she also has the ability to be a game changer. Lots of power at the plate. Um, so I, I think that 
I, I like our lineup. I like our options. Um, we definitely have some good mechs of some speed and, and some power. So um, I, I think on any given day, I mean, we're going to surprise some people with, with some of that power at the plate. Fantastic. Uh, you mentioned bringing in a transfer from, from Juco level. Um, and we mentioned Morgan Wynn. So obviously, interconference transfers aren't exactly a new thing. Um, we've seen it in football and other sports all the time. It's not something I think I've, I'm as familiar with in softball. I mean, how is it going to feel going up against her now that she's over at Oklahoma State? Well, you know, it's painful. It's painful when you lose a player like that. Um, you know, Morgan was a, a junior that had really developed over the last couple of years offensively and, um, you know, put up some big numbers for us last year. So when she decided to, to go down the road, I mean, it, it was it was painful. It's a challenge. And that's one of the things you hate about the transfer portal is is seeing good kids leave because they think they need to go play for, you know, a team that's going to go to the World Series this year. And so, you know, hopefully that works out for her. But, um, you know, it's we just got to do our job and do our work. And um, I'm, I think that what you're going to see out of Olivia Bruno is going to replace some of that with um, Morgan Wynn. I mean, she's coming in as a first baseman. She's going to be a freshman. She's got tremendous power. So, Hopefully we'll get her developed this first year and she'll be a huge impact for this program in the future. As we mentioned, the season starts just this weekend. If you guys get kicked off on February 11th, you know, going through your schedule, you guys don't play a home game for the first, essentially the first month of the season. You've got um, multiple road tournaments in, uh, in Phoenix, in college station, in Fayetteville, and then out in California before you play any games at home in, in Kansas. I mean, what goes into your scheduling philosophy there um, to, to spend that much time at the start of the season on the road? Well, you know, for us, it's weather, just like a lot of the, the northern schools. And um, so we, we plan to be on the road that entire first month just to get in some warmer environments and be on the dirt. You know, I mean, that's definitely one of the challenges here um, is that we've only been on the dirt less than a handful of times uh, since we've been practicing in January. So so, um, you know, that's what it's pretty important to open up somewhere where, you know, you're going to have that opportunity to have playing good weather and play some quality teams and hopefully just kind of really get a good feel and gain some confidence in opening weekend. So, um, you know, but no doubt every tournament that we're in is very tough. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this first weekend that we have a chance to really kind of figure some things out about our team. And then as we you know, continue down the road and go down and play Texas A&M. I mean, that tournament is loaded as well as the next two after that. Um, obviously going over to Arkansas is a, is a good trip for us because that's a driving trip. You know, it's just four hours down the road. So, you know, kind of helps as far as being on the, on the road that much. And then, um, you know, this year we're going to go out to California and play in the Fullerton tournament. Um, got three kids on our team that are from California and it's always exciting for them to get back and play in front of their home family. And, um, you know, so obviously it's just, it's, it's a weather thing for us that first month. And then we're going to come back and we have two tournaments here at home and March is March as far as weather goes here. Sometimes it could be, it could be 70 or it could be 40. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just part of it this time of year that you just have to deal with weather and be the best that you can possibly be. But the most important thing is that we're just focusing on us and we're getting prepared for the big 12 because there's no doubt that big 12 is, is stacked. And, um, and, and I just think that it's always very important, you know, in the preseason to just 
be able to, to play compete, you know, other top 10 programs that, cause obviously those are the kind of teams we're going to face in conference. And so, you know, win or lose, we've got to be prepared the best that we possibly can. And um, I think it's definitely paid off. You know, the strength of schedule has paid off for us the last couple of years. I think we've been a lot more prepared heading into conference. So, um, you know, just again, kind of excited to see what we're capable of doing. I think we're going to surprise some people and, you know, obviously we'll probably take some on the chin on, on occasion, but that's just, that's what we got to do in the preseason games. Last year, you had the 15th most difficult schedule in the country. Obviously, a large part of that is just playing in the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Texas and, and, and the rest of the conference. But, I mean, you certainly challenged your girls in the non-conference, and I think we see that again this year. You've got uh, non-conference games against six teams that made the postseason last year, a couple against A&M, as, as we mentioned, uh, obviously a game against Arkansas and Fayetteville, games against Arizona State and UCLA, a, a home-and-home with Wichita State. I mean, you, you kind of talked about this a little bit, which was great, of, of challenging your team before you get into conference play. But, I mean, obviously everyone's philosophy on, on scheduling is different. Um, I mean, how much do you try and really challenge your team every year in non-conference? Um, the best that we can, to be real honest. I mean, it's, you know, it's not necessarily fun. to. In the past, we've had to open up with Arizona or Oregon or, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a it's challenging, um, but it also tells us right away where we're at and what we've got to get better at. Um, and I, again, I think last year was a prime example of just that we, on any given day, we can, we can beat one of those teams. Um, we had some, we had a great game against Missouri last year, um, obviously at their place. And I, I just trying to build some confidence with our team and, and get them to understand that, that they can compete with just about anybody. So, you know, we're still building here and, and obviously trying to put my stamp on the program and, you know, get the athletes to just buy in and believe that they're good enough. And I think that's, we're heading in the right direction, um, you know, but ultimately, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to play the best. And um, if we want to be in a top, you know, 25 team in the country at some point, then we've got to be able to beat those teams on the road. Um, and at the same point, you know, it's, that's what we're going to face in conference. So, you know, you don't want to feel like you're walking out and playing a team like OU for the first time. And you haven't, I mean, obviously we all know what they're going to bring, um, you know, OSU, Texas, those are three teams that are going to be in the top 10 most of the year, I would imagine. So um, all three potentially teams that might go to the world series. So if we can, uh, if we can, play with them and we can find a way to pull a game off them here and there, then I think that um, that's going to put us in a really good place as far as conference goes. I think anything past that, I think we have a really good chance to fall somewhere in the middle of the, of the pack of, of the big 12 this year. So I know that, you know, the rankings are the rankings and that's fine. I mean, you know, it's not, it's, it's kind of a hard to swallow sometimes that we're at the bottom of the barrel, but that's okay. We, you know, we got to play with a chip on our shoulder and we got to prove ourselves every time we step on the field and, you know, until we start beating those teams and gaining their respect and it is what it is. But this team is, this team this year is a little different. Um, they're very athletic. They're very, very motivated. They're very excited to play. The chemistry has been phenomenal. And, you know, and to me, I always say a team that has great chemistry is going to find a way to win close ball games. And, that's one of the things I actually already feel great about so far with this team is just they've really had each other's backs and really have pushed really, really hard in the offseason. So um, 
I'm just, I'm really hopeful for them that they get off to a great start and they realize that, you know, they start believing in their talent and um, that every time they step on their field, they have a chance to win. Obviously, when it comes to realignment, a lot of the focus is always on football and there's some on basketball and so on. But it's, it's, it's more interesting to me to have the conversation in regards to the Olympic sports and the non-football sports just because, I mean, it's going to affect everything. And for the softball, I think it's, it's a huge thing because losing Oklahoma, who's won multiple national championships, losing Texas, who's a perennial top 25 program from the conference, um, that's, that's, it's going to hurt. Um, and, and yes, you're bringing in quality with BYU and UCF and Houston all having softball, and those are good, solid softball programs. I am, I'm curious your opinion on, on the new Big 12 and what it's going to look like once Oklahoma and Texas leave and these new programs are here. How do you think the conference stacks up, and, and where do you see the opportunity for Kansas in that? Big 12 is going to be tough no matter what. Um, you know, obviously losing those two schools. Um, I think bringing in programs like UCF and Houston and, and BYU, I mean, it just, the competition is still going to be tremendous. It's going to be great. Um, you know, I, we're still going to play OU. They're four hours down the road. So I'm sure that will probably at some point become a, a, a non-conference, you know, weekend for us potentially or you know, home and home or something with them. Um, obviously, I, I spent a year coaching at OU. I have a great relationship with Coach Gasso. So, you know, tons of respect for what she's done down that program. And, you know, every time you play them, they make you better. Um, so, um, and then Texas is, you know, obviously been in my wheelhouse for a few years as well. So no doubt, I'm sure we'll, we're going to see them on the road. And, um, you know, I, I just think that the Big 12 is in softball. We're pretty fortunate on our end is that we're going to stay very strong. Um, you know, teams build their strength of schedule by getting on the road and going playing those teams in other big tournaments. And so um, I, I have no doubt that our paths will continue to cross. But I think that, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it and going to continue to focus on Kansas and hopefully give us a chance to continue to move up in the rankings there. Uh, you guys open this weekend uh, at Grand Canyon in Phoenix, as you mentioned. Uh, five games across Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Northern Colorado, Bradley, Fordham, Grand Canyon, and Weber State. Coach McFall, I cannot wait to see your team. I cannot see how, I see how you girls do this season. I'm jacked for softball season. I'm so excited. I, I, it's so much fun. Uh, I enjoy it as, a, as just a general fan of the sport and becoming a bigger one every single year. So let me just say good luck to your team. Good luck to your girls. Good luck to you this season. Uh, I, I, which I want to ask, I want to know this. Um, I realize, you know, Coach Peak, we take it game by game by game. But is there one non-conference game on the schedule that, that maybe you and the team are, have circled as really excited to, to go up against? <laughs> I, I don't know if I could honestly nail down one team. I mean, you know, we've had, we've had some really good battles with Arkansas the last couple of years. We've had some really close games with them. Um, we went to AM a couple of years ago, and I, I know our girls are excited about getting back down there and playing. They have an unbelievable stadium, and obviously I'm an alum from there, so it's, it's that's uh, pretty special for me to be able to go back and play at home. Um, there's no doubt that anytime we get the chance to play Missouri, that that's always probably going to be um, pretty emotional for us, especially since we actually beat them last year at their place. So, um, but they're stacked. So they're going to, you know, probably come over here full force this season. Um, so I'm sure that one will, will by far stand out more than any. And, 
And, um, you know, and just because Wichita State's just down the road and they're in-state rivalry for us, that's always going to be a tough one. So, um, you know, uh, there's a ton of great games. Most importantly, I just told my team this past week, we're focused on one thing right now, and that's this weekend. We got five games um, ahead of us. It's going to be a good test for us. Um, I have very, very high expectations for us for this weekend, honestly, to come out of this um, feeling really good and confident and uh, heading into next weekend as we get ready to go down to AM and play. So looking forward to a great year, honestly, and, and I really appreciate your time and and uh, excited about this season, no doubt. Coach, thank you so much. Really appreciate it again. Good luck to you and your girls this season. Thank you. Podcast Network.